Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the We Got Balls podcast. It's me, your host, Steve Trudeau. Got my friend, Mikey Almeida, Emmanuel Pacheco with me. They're always here hanging out with me. They're both co-hosts of The Shindig. We're joined by Gracie Trudeau, our baseball expert and correspondent today. It's going to be a big baseball show because we're very excited. Uh, spring training started today as of Sunday. So how are we all doing? Gracie, what's going on? Doing well. Getting ready, enjoying baseball, starting back up again, definitely. Hey, so it sounded really depressing when you were like, oh, Emmanuel and Mikey always hanging out with me. <laughs> hanging in your bathroom or something. I will take what I can get for people to hang out with me. So you two are fine. If anyone wants to just up, come, come by and upgrade and do the podcast with me, please feel free. Reach out to me. You know what you can do, actually? Leave a comment. Uh, you can rate and review the podcast, five star. Give me your information, and I'll make you a co-host of the podcast. So there we go. That's what we'll be doing from now on. Oh, you guys, man. You guys like that? I'm just kidding. I'm really happy, Mikey, Emmanuel. It's always fun hanging out with you guys. Uh, we were having a lot of fun before the show. I wish, I wish the audience was there for that. But uh, we'll get all into, the, into all that good stuff once we get going. Uh, so baseball is going to be the, the story today. Um, so we're going to start with the story of the week, actually. And it involves the Mariners team president. I believe his name's Kevin Mathers. Uh, does either of you want to take the lead in explaining to the audience what happened or shall I do that? I will. You're pointing at me. Oh, well, lots of pressure. Uh, so basically this gentleman, Kevin Mathers, he was doing a public event. He was on a zoom call with a Seattle area rotary club and, uh, old people, man, they don't understand how zoom works apparently, because when you're recording on zoom, you are recorded. And he said some very inflammatory things about a few of his players in particular, uh, Julio Rodriguez, he insulted his English. Uh, and apparently this gentleman, Mr. Rodriguez, is uh, very proud of his English. He comes from a different country, obviously, and he's been working very hard to speak English better. And he was insulting his English. Not a good look for him. Also, uh, their pitcher, well, is he their pitcher, guys? Uh, Hisashi Iwakama, and I definitely butchered that name. Yeah. I apologize to that gentleman. He's a pitcher. Thank you. Uh, apparently, he was complaining about paying the translator salary of $75,000. Now, granted, this gentleman comes from Japan. English is not his first language. He does speak English, and he admits to that, but he's not the best at speaking, speaking English, like myself, apparently. Um, so he has a translator to help him out with some of the more finer uh, parts of the language. Uh, he insulted their third baseman also, Kyle Seeger, said he was overpaid. So he pretty much took out the entire team. And on top of that, he let out a little dirty secret about baseball, service time manipulation. Uh, we all know what that is. Uh, it's been happening in baseball for years now. And essentially, it's a way of stashing your young players in the minor leagues to retain them longer without having to pay them. Woo, that was a lot to unpack, guys. I really am glad you put that all on me. So I'm going to pass the ball uh, and let Mikey, you know, what do you think about that whole situation in general? Just have at it. First off, he, Mathis is just a clown at this rate. He shouldn't get a job again in sports. Um, what other languages does he speak again? Like, do you know how hard it is to speak two languages? That's like ridiculous already. So, and then coming here and learning it while playing a major sport and you're not sitting your ass up there watching the games, good luck. So that's my first hat at it. I do <laughs> admit that Seeger is overpaid and that is not a very good contract. So I'll give him that because a lot of people don't know. So if 
Seager gets traded, right? His option that he has right now gets turned into a player option, which he would accept. And you're paying a declining third baseman lots of money. So his it's untradeable right now. Even if you wanted to package it, no one's going to take that trade. So I do agree on that. But there's things you say out loud. It's like a little child, right? You take them to somewhere and there's things you don't want them ever saying in public. And as an adult, as someone as educated as him, he should not be doing anything like this. And talk about the worst timing in the world <laughs> for you to talk about service time and all of that going into already a tough situation for baseball with having to agree with the players association but uh gracie what what did you think of everything i agree with everything everything you said um i think also ridiculous that you're complaining about seventy five thousand dollars when you're making how much in revenue and and complaining about paying a translator, um, you know, it's one of those things that thankfully he's gone now, but it would make a player more reluctant to join the organization that you're not willing to really give the guys what they need to feel comfortable on the mound in the clubhouse. And that whole situation to me was shocking. The, the whole admitting to manipulation um, of service time, like, like everyone knew it happened, but now that it's out in the open, it's a big can of worms. I think every owner, every GM in the league is going to be pretty – pretty PO'd at him for really opening up that can of worms is that gives the players association what they need going into the CBA negotiations to really talk about that manipulation of service time. Do we add in earlier arbitration? You know, how does, where do we go from here in the negotiations? And I think that's going to be a huge holdup with the negotiations is how do we fix that service time manipulation? Cause it's, it's really affecting players careers and holding them back. I mean, that, that's just my take on it. Yeah, and the whole service time manipulation thing, it's the smoking gun, right? Like you said, everyone already knew it was happening. It kind of reminds me of the situation in the NFL with Colin Kaepernick, completely different, but at the same time, we all kind of knew what was going on, right? People weren't signing. They're essentially blackballing it, but no owner was coming out and saying, hey, we're purposely not signing this guy. Like, it's the smoking gun, right? Same thing with MLB. Everyone kind of knew what was happening with service time manipulation. I mean, you have guys who... uh, Essentially, they're big league ready. They would be held in my leagues for a couple extra weeks so they could pass that year and they would save a year of service time. But now this guy just gives the Players Association ammunition when it comes to negotiation. Yeah, and I think when you look at the specific situation uh, with Jared Kelnick and, and the fact that he declined that extension and it kind of almost makes it seem like it's a punishment. You're not going to accept our extension and you know, he's a guy who figured he, he can make more money in arbitration than taking that six-year extension. So it's a really bad look for the organization. And I'm really interested to see how other organizations follow. You know, you think about like Wander Franco and all these guys. We you see guys get to the big leagues quicker now that it's out in the open. It's going to look bad on organization going into this season. Seeing guys being held back until May, June, and then being brought up. Are they trying to manipulate service time? Do they really need improvements in the minor leagues? You know, it's something that's going to be speculation, I think, for this year to come. And this is the first time ever in sports that a front office exec was this open about everything, like in any sport. This is crazy. This is not good for the sport, especially with everything that just happened with the Astros. The Astros is a little bit better, I'd say, in the sense of now you have your bad guy. 
because every sport needs that bad guy that you're rooting against. I am not a Rays fan, and Gracie will tell you, I was sending her messages rooting blatantly <laughs> for anybody to beat the Astros. But the Mariners are an organization, too, that have sucked. They, they have the longest streak of not making the playoffs. This is not good for them. They always – they come out, they give Robinson Cano a big contract, all these guys, but yet they haven't had any progress. You had Ichiro for a long time, who maybe is one of the best hitters in, ever, right? And he didn't even get to sniff the play. I think he sniffed off the playoffs with them just once. Was it once, true? Oh, no, I was just thinking, <laughs> making aware of things in the background. Sorry. For, for no, I'm one. sorry. And then, you know, so this is just not – being quite honest, they really need to revamp that or possibly look at getting some not only new people in there. There's so many qualified people who can be running baseball programs. You don't need this clown doing it. Just that simple. So I think a really interesting aspect of this story is with um, Iwakuma. Um, in particular, the way he belittled his uh, ability to speak English. If you know anything about Seattle, it's a very heavily Asian population, um, especially if you consider their future, their former superstar was uh, Ichiro, a Japanese player, another Japanese player. So you're pretty much slapping your fan base in the face, right? Because the West Coast, you have a lot of Asians. You're pretty much insulting a huge population that could be your fans. Just a bad look, and especially on the heels of well, this was before the whole thing with Jeremy Lin happened this week, and players calling him coronavirus. Which I mean, Jesus Christ, guys, are you kidding me? Like, I know there's a lot of like sensitivity about like let's be civil and good people to each other, and this is a lot of you know focused on like the black and um, Latino community. But dude, Asians in America get a tough rap too, and it's just it's just unreal that people can fathom it to go this low and say these things. I don't know, man. It just drives me crazy. And just one other point before I get to you, Gracie, is like, even if you're like, oh, this is cancel culture. Oh my God. Uh, you know what, dude? It just shows a complete, complete lack of awareness. Like you're, you're, you're charged with running an MLB team. Like that's a very desirable job. And to not have the awareness to say, maybe I shouldn't be this openly bigoted in front of people in public. It just shows that you just don't get it and you shouldn't be in charge of anything. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think for me, I know a lot of people, uh, the manipulation of service time was huge for a lot of people. I think the biggest issue for me was everything he had said, like you said, how do you, how do you as the, the leader of the organization go out and make these comments and statements and knowing, like you said, that in the Seattle, you have a big Asian community and, it, and you have the Ichiro who's a legend over there and you go out and you, you, you blast your players like that. On top of that, you make those comments. And to me, that was the most shocking piece of, um, that Zoom meeting um, and that meeting they had. The other thing that I want to bring up is if I'm on that roster right now, you got to give a lot of, you know, credit to those guys because I would request requested a trade immediately because also why do I want to play for the Mariners? Maybe in three years, but I don't want to play for the Mariners this year. Freaking trade me to the Yankees. I'll, I'll go to the Angels. I'll go to Oakland at this rate, right? Where at least I'll have a chance to play number one and – Oh God, not the Blue Jays! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you trade to go to the Blue Jays though? That's that's a whole country change. Well, you, this you is actually country. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I was gonna say that this is actually a perfect segue away from 
the Kevin Mathers topic because we were talking before the show and obviously we're recording on Sunday. Spring training has started today. And I was looking through some of the odds to win each division in baseball. And Manuel, I was very surprised. Uh, in the AL East, your Toronto Blue Jays are pretty much neck and neck with my and Gracie's Tampa Bay Rays as a uh, second favorite to win that division. So they've definitely made some offseason moves to improve their status in baseball. Yeah, you're asking a guy who does not know anything <laughs> about sports in general and baseball even less. I don't even know who the players are on the Blue Jays. All I know is that I have a jersey and a hat and I got to wear it mandatorily at least three times a year. That's, that's all I know. Well, maybe Mikey can fill us in. Why are the Blue Jays getting equal betting odds at the Rays? What have they done this offseason to really make themselves a contender? Okay, let's start with the Rays. The Rays lost two of their key known pitchers this year, um, which was Charlie Morton. He's over in Atlanta, which that's a very under-the-radar move. He was one of the first free agents to sign, too. And you have some really – you have Trevor Bauer out there. You have George Springer. You have a lot of really good players. Um, and then losing Blake Snell. Um, Blake Snell had an amazing playoff, um, not so great season, um, especially after coming um, off of Tommy John. So when you lose possibly your one and two, you know, me and Gracie, I'm going to speak for Gracie on this one, that, tri- uh, that gas glass now is fantastic. Um, losing those two and then the additions, the Blue Jays were the most aggressive team with the Mets and with the Padres this off season to go after the guys that they wanted. They literally, and we, we made a joke about this, the first, uh, first podcast that we, when we were talking about baseball, that they basically were the Tinder of baseball and some of them dropped. They, they did get some good guys in there. Um, Springer being the big guy that they acquired, but then they also ended up getting Marcus Simeon, which he had, and he's, Two years ago, he was an MVP candidate. Um, they added some pieces in not only the bullpen with Kirby Yates, but also in their rotation. But I wouldn't put a lot of, you know, weight on those odds because I do like the Rays a lot more because they've been there. And I love the Rays' depth. And if you know anything about the Rays' pitching staff, they can take crappy players and make them better faster. Some guys actually signed with the Rays for that purpose. And I know that, Gracie, the Rays are your fav- one of your favorite ball clubs. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I've had, I have the Rays and the Blue Jays that connect, too. Um, I think it's really going to come down to some just production and in, in the rotation and both. And they're going to have, it's going to be a group effort in the rotation aspect because you have Glass now. After that, you have Yarbrough and a lot of young, you have some younger guys and you have some older guys. So you're relying a lot on um, guys like Rich Hill, which I mean, for me, he's a, he was a great pickup because he's a guy you can put not only in the rotation, but you can put him in the bullpen and he offsets a lot of the raised pitching staff. Now that it throws that 98 mile an hour heat. He's more of an off speed guy. He, um, He'll be great in that rotation, and I know I talked to Mikey about this before. Him and Colin McHugh, I thought those were great pickups, and I think that kind of, to me, gave me that peace of mind that they can be contenders, uh, especially you talk, like Mikey said, you're talking about a raised pitching staff who are known to take pitchers and make them better. You're getting these veteran guys um, working with some of the younger guys, too. A guy like Rich Hill is such a clubhouse guy. He's such a presence. He was a presence even with the Dodgers, and now you're going to put him back with the Rays, and you have a lot of guys coming back, especially in the lineup that were in playoffs last year and a lot of production. Um, 
I do have them up there at the Jays. And Mikey, you're going to hate me for this, but I do have the Jays coming up with the uh, like a one win victory over them in terms of that second place spot. Um, if we're, we're, are we going to start going division by division, Trudeau? Or what do you want to do? You, sure. So Go for let's it. Let's talk AL East because we're already here. First off, the class, even with all the unknowns, is the New York Yankees. Their depth is absolutely bonkers. They're looking at possibly trading their fourth outfielder for someone good just because they just picked up Brett Gardner. They're, mm-hmm. they're the class of the AL East. Um, the bottom feeders, even though it's a great story, Trey Massini today um, got his first bat coming back from cancer. Um, he's a great player. Um, I love what Elias is doing over with the, um, the O's, but they're still very far away. Um, their big free agent signing was like King Felix at the age of 45. I'm just kidding. He's, he's a lot younger than that. Um, then you got the Red Sox. Uh, Gracie, can you just unload on the Red Sox right now, please? Can you tell them how you're feeling? Because that's your team. That's one of your team. I'm not feeling very well about it. Like the lineup is good, but you just look at the rotation and bullpen. And it, the bullpen has been the bulk of their struggle throughout. And I'm looking at guys that, you know, I think the names are made up. They're not real guys. They're, they don't actually play in Major League Baseball. Um, you got – I'm really more interested to see the young guys come up. Jaron Duran, I want to see him in the outfit a lot. Bobby Dalback, I absolutely love that kid. I want to see him get playing time. Um, Tanner Hoke, I'm really interested to see how he does. Um, he had a really good season last year when he came up right at the end, but he has such a small sample size. But if you look at a side-by-side comparison of him and Chris Sale, he's a righty Chris Sale throws the exact same way. It's a mirror image of it. Um, so I don't, I don't think they're going to be a great ball team. I think that you know, it doesn't take an expert to know that. I think they finish above the Orioles, but they're, they're in no way, shape, or form going to be contending. Um, but, you know, I, I am excited as a Red Sox fan to see those prospects, but, but that's about all we're going to be seeing this year. I do want to put this before we start making our predictions and all that, especially for everybody that unlike basketball and football, the payroll is extremely important in baseball, where if you have a big payroll like the Red Sox and you're not looking to even make it to the playoffs, because right now Boston's fourth out of any team for their payroll, that's huge. That's not okay in baseball. That, that's how people lose their jobs. It's just that. Simple. Like, if the Padres have a disaster season, I'm just bringing out the Padres because their um, payroll jumped quite high their GM's gone. They don't, they don't wait. They clean house. So with the Red Sox, like we'll see what happens. This is where the argument's going to come. And I want Emmanuel's opinion as much as he doesn't know the teams is who's <laughs> next. Who is that? Is the AL East going to have another wild card spot this year? Are they going to represent one of the wild card spots? Um, what do you think? Gracie? What's your opinion on that? We know the Yankees are going to make the play. That's our pretty oh, yeah. right. Okay, and I, I mean, the Jays and the Rays are the most in, two interesting teams to me. Um, you know, I think that, of course, the Yankees are going are gonna to win the division, but I don't see the Jays and Rays falling, like, that far behind. Somewhere between 10 games or less is my opinion. Um, I think that that's where we see for the AL a lot of the um, – like I said, I think we're going to get a wild card team out of that division. Out of any of the, the, the three divisions in AL, I think that's the team the AL East is where it's going to be coming from. Yeah, I think uh... – I think the Astros, you guys are sleeping on the Astros. I know everyone wants to hate on them, but they're still a really good team. You guys are, 
we're not there yet. Don't don't skip to that division. Well, I'm just saying, as far as wild card goes, I don't think the Rays or the Blue Jays are going to make that game. I think it's going to oh, be. Oh wow! I think it's wow. going to be the, either the White Sox versus the Astros or the Twins versus the Astros. I I but I, we'll get to the uh, AL West when we get there. But I just I I think with all the moves the Rays have made to clear cap space. They, they're not a contender this year. They're going to finish like three games, four games out of the wild card. And also, I said that as my bold prediction in 2020, so I have to stick with it. They're not making the playoffs this year. I have to – so in baseball, I think it's a lot different from other sports where when you've been there, you know how to get there and the struggle and what it takes. And I think a lot of people are sleeping on that. They didn't lose many, if any, players – from their one to nine in their batting order. Plus they have the best farm system. They have, they literally have another team sitting there that they can pluck from as well. And also the raise after Ryu. And that's a big question mark because Ryu had one healthy season really. And that's with 60 games. So he only had to pitch like five times and he's over there eating KFC in the dugout while he's watching the games. First so, of all, Emmanuel, yes. Mikey needs to sponsor KFC because that man, <laughs> I swear to God, he, he mentions KFC once an episode. Are you? Did you eat dinner before you came on the podcast? I did, but I don't eat KFC anymore. So <laughs> it is. It is delicious, though. Their mashed potatoes are very underrated. But uh, back to your point about the Rays bringing up prospects and doing it again. I get it. They have a good farm system. They always guys get guys out of the woodwork. But, man, at some point, your luck's going to run out. Like, they keep expecting to just build back and build back. At some point, they're going to hit duds. They're not going to always find the diamond in the rough. So I don't agree with that sentiment that they'll just find a way to make it. You know, I think they just did too much to take away from their roster. They're not going to be the same team as they were in the past. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, but when you look at that one through nine, that's not luck. That's talent. Um, I think that they're going to be a sleeper team. I think a lot of people, as soon as they got rid of Morton and Snell, automatically assumed they'd be falling down below the Jays, not even close to that wild card spot. Um, but again, like, it's just the way the organization, organization runs. It's the way it's been running for years, and they do have those prospects that they could bring up. I, I'm interested to see if Wander Franco makes his way up. If they do, if they move Willie Adamas the third and put more beef in that lineup. Um, and then they have some trading room, right? Because if they bring some players up, now they have some guys they can trade and get some pieces that they need. Uh, a guy like Willie Adamas, he either will go to third or will be traded, and I think they can haul in a, you know, a few guys, a few pieces they might need midseason if they do make that move. So I want to move us off of the AL East. I will say just a final point. I am excited as a Bostonian that uh, Charlie Baker, our governor, has allowed for uh, sporting events to pick up with fans again. So I will definitely be checking out some Red Sox games, at least one this uh, upcoming season. Mikey, you want to come with me to the Red Sox game? I do, but I just want to say one more thing. Just one more thing. Just let me say it, okay? Oh, God. Okay, <laughs> with go the Rays, and this is why the Rays are going to make the playoffs, Okay. They were the best team in the AL East. Not AL East, but in all of the American League. In one of the hardest seasons, they are legit. I always was looking for them Uh, to finally drop off. They did not. Those guys, and I'm telling you, they have 10 prospects in the top 100. They are going to be just like the Padres. 
but with like a thrift store budget, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I'm wearing a Tampa Bay 2020 World Series hoodie right now, but I have to admit that the 2020 season, you have you have, you'd have to make yourself that it's kind of fluky with all the games missed, guys are out from COVID injury or COVID concerns. It's it's just not a great representation of who was really good in the MLB last year. But we, Mike, you all right. Last point, we got to move on, man. We got to get I'm off just the about playoffs. Okay. And you'll, you'll hear me say this more even going into the AL Central. Last season was the hardest playoffs. I remember driving back and trying to watch the Oakland and the White Sox game and being like, oh, crap. Going into the playoffs, ha- having to play a three-game series with the White Sox and beating them, no chance. But let's go to AL Central. So, Mike, you are the man because you set me up. It's like you threw me the law of I'm about to dunk it. AL Central, Chicago White Sox, as you like to say, are the favorites to win the division. Uh, Gracie, I knew actually they were like a sleeper last year. You were a person who actually thought they would be good. So tell me why the White Sox are going to repeat as division champs or are they not going to repeat as division champs? Oh, I think they repeat as division champs. I think you've got a lot of young guys there that uh, really when they went into playoffs – um, they didn't have that experience. Um, and I think that once you start building that experience, you see that they're going to be, um, even if it's not this year, even next year, they're going to be on top of the AL Central very soon. And my prediction is this year, I think it's going to be a close battle between them and the Twins, but I think they pull it off. Um, they have this shakier rotation, in my opinion, than the Twins, but I just like their lineup better. I just like that one through nine. Um, I'm really looking for Louise Robert to to bring that hype more so this year than last year. Um, Again, I, the White Sox, even last year, even the year before, are a team that I've been watching to really make a big impact on the AL Central. And I think this is the year that they um, really make a, a solid playoff run um, in that, especially um, in that division. I think they come up top. I absolutely love the White Sox. They didn't win the division last year. The Twins ended up pulling through by one game. But I just believe I, – I think the Twins um, pitching staff is very, really shaky going into this year. Losing – they released Homer Bailey, which I was rooting for Homer Bailey. But um, the guy who's still out there in free agency, if they can possibly get him, we're not going to talk possibles. With the roster sitting today, I think the White Sox are – if I'm going to go watch any game this year, I want to go watch the White Sox play because of how athletic, how – you know, strong, their pitching rotation, grabbing Lance Lynn is fantastic. Like he's been to the playoffs. He knows how to be an ace. He shuts his mouth and just pitches. And even with his size, like he's one of the most durable pitchers that you could possibly find right now. Um, And they have a lot of guys coming um, like uh, Kopech, who's going to be thrown into the bullpen. That guy throws over a hundred. If I watched him play against Oakland, I was just like, we're not going to get a hit off this guy. It was unbelievable. Um, and also just guys that you don't they, – they have the full, last year's MVP on their team. Tim Anderson's a great player. They're just – they're a good, solid squad. But, Gracie, you wanted to – Yeah, and, and I have – for the Kopech piece of it, like for me, the reason why I find that I'm not – so I'm not really on board with that rotation yet because we don't know how Kopech's going to be this year. Um, he missed the 2020 season. Um, he had Tommy John. I, I really want to see him. And he's a guy that I'm, I'm huge on, um, you know, as, as much as it would hurt me if he goes and has a great career in, for the White Sox after being traded from the Red Sox. 
Um, I'm really interested to see how he does. And I think there's so many ifs on that rotation still. Um, you, you know, you have Lucas Giolito who's established, but for me, I, you know, I do think that between the Twins and the White Sox, the White Sox make it, but both rotations, I'm not too, you know, I'm not jumping on board with those rotations yet until I see more in spring training and how these guys pan out. All right, so outside of the uh, White Sox and Twins, I don't personally, I don't think there's anything to really discuss about the Royals, Tigers, and Cleveland baseball team. But if you guys have any comments about those, uh, just really quick, because uh, we, we, we have this six divisions. I don't know if you guys are aware, there's six of them. So we got to make sure we're allocating our time well. So, uh, Mikey, do you got anything? You can't, you can't sleep on the Indian, uh, the Cleveland, whatever they're calling themselves, the Spiders, I hope it's going to be. But let's give a tip of the hat to the Central, because they used to be the sh- crappiest, I was going to say another word league for the longest time you got the royals trying to make moves man they made some solid pickups they're going to be pretty like probably like that 500 team detroit is definitely starting to turn a bit uh veal has done a great job but i wouldn't be shocked if you tell me that the indians i'm um, sorry cleveland baseball team you, if yeah. they make i know it's just if they make the playoffs they could sneak in easily their pitching rotation a lot of people forget going to last year um, into the playoffs was the best in all of baseball. So you, you can't sleep on them. You just can't. All right, so let's yeah. move on. Oh, I just uh, want to say I'm going to say the bull- same thing. Like, bull- I know. Gracie, I'm sorry. All right, okay. last comment, Gracie. Go ahead. I Yeah, and I, I agree with Mikey with that. I mean, that pitching rotation to me, that's my that's my favorite team to watch pitch. And for me, if they don't make a run, it's a disappointment to have that pitching staff and just not have the guys in, in the lineup to back it up. So I had the same thing with Mikey. I think they could be a sleeper team. All right. So if you're a betting betting gal or guy, throw some money on the Indians because they're actually plus 717 to win that division. So they're not uh, – Vegas doesn't look highly on them, but you guys are telling me that they're not a bad team. So eh, go for it if you want a couple extra bucks. So moving on, uh, we'll just try to get through all the divisions really quick. So let's just try to speed this up a little bit. You guys are doing a great job, by the way. I, I'm learning a lot but we got to be a little more efficient with our time. So AL West, uh, Gracie, can you tell me who you think is going to win that? Because I'm looking at the betting odds right now. The Oakland A's and uh, Houston Astros are pretty much a pick them at this point. So either team they're thinking could win that. Uh, I see Mikey changed his outfits to all Oakland A's stuff, and he put an Oakland A's bobblehead in front of us on the Zoom screen. So he clearly wants the A's to win that. Gracie, tell me why. Mikey's worst nightmare will happen and the Astros will win that division. The Astros, I think that even with losing the pieces they lost, I think people sleep on them, um, especially after the 2020 season. They're my comeback team this year. I saw them in playoffs last year right at the end against the Rays and you saw that life in them that you hadn't seen all in the 2020 season. I think it's just the beginning. You know, they still have those guys in that lineup. I know Mikey, um, not a big guy on Altuve, um, thinks that he's not going to do too well. I think that this is the year that – I know they're bringing fans back in the stadium, but I think this is the year that they kind of try to distance themselves from that scandal. Um, and I think that they're able to make it through even with the boos. As many boos as they're getting, they're getting just as many applause, in my opinion, once they, especially when they're at home in Minute Maid Park. But it'll be tough on the road, but I, I still have the Astros um, beating the A's by about one or two games. Hey, Mikey, is that a new hat? Yes, it is. Because you, no, you got the sticker still on it, man. This is also postseason. Um, there is absolutely no chance that the Houston Astros are going to make the playoffs. Let's start with number one. 
when you cheat and you can't cheat no longer, it doesn't matter. You're not going to hit the same balls. Next, Altuve can barely stand upright. Third, you do not have your outfield. Your outfield is gone. We hit a pop fly, there's a good chance it's going to land because you don't have an outfield. Next, your ace is not playing anymore. He's off with his very good-looking supermodel wife, and they're just going to hang out. And you have Zach Greinke, who's probably going to ask to be out of there sooner or later. Your bullpen, your best bullpen piece right now, according to ESPN, is Pedro Baez. I watched every single Dodgers game this past year. Good luck with that. The guy can't even keep a lead, okay? So have fun with that, and you're going to be in a hitter's ballpark. Next, you guys do not even have a DH because Alvarez is still out. I like Alvarez, though, in all honesty. That's a good one. I'll give you that. He was no part of the cheating. <laughs> Just want to say that, all right? And then you're, dead. you're one player away. If Bregman coughs wrong, if Carrero, who's a head case anyway, great player, but a head case, if he literally has a bad streak, good luck. I guarantee you that they won't be making the playoffs. I just want to call bullshit really quick before I let Grace get in. You watched all of the Dodgers games last year? Every single one, buddy. I have the baseball package. I watched them again this year. You tell me a game, I'll tell you what happened. I promise you, buy it. All right. Rose Perfect. <laughs> Next week on the podcast, I will be asking Mikey a random <laughs> Dodgers games questions to see if he actually watched all the games. So tune in. It's a little, little uh, teaser for you in the business. All right, Gracie, go ahead. I am willing to bet you that the Astros go on top of the A's. And my favorite part of that long rant that you just had was the part where you said that a ball gets hit in the outfield and it's going to drop. Mikey, there's no ball player in Major League Baseball who can't catch a flight. I, I know it's, it's a it's a um, metaphor or whatever, but that was just my favorite part. Was like, oh, when the ball gets to the outfield, they have no outfields. It's just going to drop. Okay, so I'm not certain that you watched any of the Giants games and watched Hunter Pence this year because – Okay, yeah, was the They don't have – Because <laughs> he was cut out. The outlier Hunter Pence. So, Trudeau, just to give you a little feedback, Hunter Pence was cut from the Giants after a game for missing three fly balls in left field. <laughs> like, literally, the guy Like, horrible, yeah. Is he still in the in, in main leagues? <laughs> no, I mean, he's he's he retired, now. right? It was really embarrassing. I felt bad. You can't come back from that. It he was had a really time, weird. man. He had, like, a, a moment in history, like, maybe a couple years when he was, like, a hot commodity, when he had the crazy beard. He looks like the guy from Home Alone with the crazy beard. Fun fact. He does. All right, so we agree that Mikey hates the Astros for some reason. Who knows? He thinks the A's are going to win. Gracie says, not so fast. Watch out for those Astros. So moving on, I actually think we should take a quick break from baseball because we just finished the American League. Let's take a breather. Everyone take a deep breath. Uh, we're going to introduce, actually, um, a new segment. Uh, so it's you're listening to the podcast right now. It's now March 1st at the very least for you. Uh, so that means March Madness is among us. And we want to have some fun with the NCAA basketball tournament. So we made our own tournament that we could participate in called March Snackness. Uh, so we drafted a bunch of snacks, the top 64 snacks in America, according to Lister.com. And we put them into the traditional 64-team college basketball tournament style. Uh, basically, we're going to find out what is the top snack in all of America. This is big stuff, people. There are four regions. 
There's a Steve region, a Mikey region, and a manual region, and a guest region. So the guest region, Gracie, you will be representing the guest region today. Basically, you're going to pick the winner of each head-to-head -head matchup. At the end of this tournament, we're going to have the superior snack. So we're going to sprinkle this in a little bit, right? Because it's a lot of matchups. We're going to sprinkle it in throughout this, this show. Next show, it's going to go through all the month of March. We'll have a winner by the time the actual NCAA college basketball tournament is over. So with that all being said, let us begin. We're going to just do a couple, and then we'll get back to the baseball talk. Because I love the baseball, but good God, there's a lot of baseball. I need a break. And I'm sure the audience also feels the same way. So we're going to start with the manual. We're going to start with a very easy match. We're going to do a couple easy matchups, okay? We're going to do the number one seed versus the number 16 seed. So the, the number one seed is obviously a better snack voted by the people, but it doesn't matter. This is a manual's pick. So manual. And I want to I clarify this on the front end, guys. It's not about the quantity, right? It's if the quantity is equal and the, the calories – they don't matter, right? So don't worry about how bad it is for you. Whatever you would rather snack on, whatever the superior snack is. So Emmanuel, would you rather have the number one seed Oreo cookies or the number 16 seed Fig Newtons? Oh no, Oreo cookies, 100%, 100%, 100%. See, there you go, it's an easy choice. The number one seed advances, no upset here. Emmanuel, let's do a little bit harder. All right, so we're going to do an 8-9 matchup in the tournament. So these are very closely ranked teams, snacks, that is. Emmanuel, would yeah. you choose the number 8 seed, Haribo Gummies, so like the gummy bears, oh, or yeah. the number 9 seed, Munchies? Ugh. Are those <laughs> It gets harder as they go as they get closer. They're available in Canada. I don't think okay. that's the tough thing. Is you're in Canada, man. I don't know what they give you. It's make everything's maple syrup flavored in Canada, so you don't have any of this. Yeah, but you can't get payday bars up here, which I do like. That you guys have. Here. Okay, so gummies or what's the second one? The munchies. Do you know what a munch? What the munchies are? Never had one. Anyone care to explain? It's a party mix, Emmanuel. So it's got, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I do the party mix. All right, so the number nine seed, it's a slight upset. So we're going to move on to a different region. We'll go to the Mikey region. We'll do the same matchups. Mikey, the number one seed in your region, it's a number two overall in the whole tournament, Cool Ranch Doritos, which I know you're a big fan of Cool Ranch Doritos, versus right. the number 16 seed, which this is a terror. They, I don't know how they made it to the tournament. They snuck in. The number 16 seed, Sunflower Seeds. But they are delicious. I do like Sunflower no. Seeds. Cool Ranch. There's no, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's one of those blowouts in the first round. That's like by 50 points. Get him out of here. All right. So we're going to go to the eight, nine matchup for the Mikey region, which is a very close matchup. I know what I would choose, but this is not the Steve region. The number eight seeded oatmeal cream pies versus the number nine seeded flaming hot Cheetos. I'm going to go with the oatmeal. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> Underrated snack. I love oatmeal cream pies. Get those right. cheetos. I don't need to be in the bathroom for and with <laughs> with Emmanuel's bidet. <laughs> <laughs> I, let me tell you, Bet Bath Depot, I I got no bag. They want to actually hear the podcast. We did okay, Tracy, just so you know. We have this thing where we do a commercial, like a fake commercial, but we, we really want sponsors to join us. And we've chosen, like, who did we have? We had uh, um, Dunkin' Donuts. 
some underwear thing. Got an underwear Game thing, stop. right? GameStop. GameStop. <laughs> and we did a, a bidet wholesaler called Bath Depot. So I sent it to the CEO of Bath Depot. Mikey did the commercial and he wants to listen to the podcast. If so the he's CEO probably, wants well. to come on and just talk to us about bidets, yeah. I'm also yeah. game I'm for gonna, that. A bidet. It's, me and Trudeau are all about bidets. You got to get one if you don't have one, people. <laughs> all right. So moving on to the guest reason. This is for you, Gracie. You'll be representing the guest today. This, in my opinion, is easy one as well. The 116. I mean, it should be easy, right? The one seed's very heavily favored over the 16. You have the one seed, which might be the winner of the tournament. I don't want to put any hype. I don't want to hype this team up right now. This might be the Gonzaga of our tournament. <laughs> the one seed Reese's Cups versus the 16 Raisins. Reese's Cups. No, not even, not even a question. No brainer, right? No. It, and we're going to follow that up with a 8-9 matchup. This one's obviously very close. Two snacks, in my opinion, that are very close in texture and flavor and everything. Number eight, Chex Mix versus number nine, Bugles. Chex Mix. I like the variety better. Wow. That was not even a hesitation for you. Nope. Nice. nope. <laughs> so we have a couple teams moving on already. All right. And then we'll go to the Steve region, which is myself. I have, I mean, the number one overall in the tournament I have in my region, which is the nacho cheese Doritos, the red Doritos, which is probably unanimously the best chip, I would say, of all. Like, I'm getting a lot of head nods. So everyone, more or less, like, popularity, everyone kind of likes that one. So red Doritos versus probably the worst snack in all of snacks, which is Pez. <laughs> yeah, a lot <laughs> Pez, why are you even here? Get out of here. Obviously, Red Doritos and moving on. Uh, now, this one is one of my most intriguing matchups of the tournament. Uh, number eight, Hostess Cupcakes, which I love Hostess Cupcakes, versus number nine, Chips Ahoy. Also a great snack. But for me, you can't beat Hostess Cupcakes. Like, they are the best snack that you can find at a gas station, by far, hands down. So Hostess Cupcakes moves on. So we, we knocked out eight games, which is great. We're going to get to NLEs next, but maybe we'll come back to the tournament. We'll take a little break after baseball and knock out a few more teams. Does that sound good, guys? Yeah. The quick question that I have for you is who sponsors this tournament? Is it the Diabetes of America or is it <laughs> the, uh, like the Pepsi Cola because Pepsi owns all of the things that we're going after. Well, Diabetes is co-sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts, so I think it's a <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts tournament of beanies. Oh, man. I definitely don't think we're getting that Dunkin' Donuts sponsor after all this slander. I think, we're, <laughs> I think, I think what we're going to do is we're going to keep just slandering Dunkin' Donuts and try to swoop in on Starbucks. That's, that's the end game. Speak for yourself. I like Dunkin' Donuts, so... All right, I don't dislike Dunkin' Donuts. That's a misnomer. Just Dunkin' Donuts is good, but here's the thing about Dunkin' Donuts. It's a, it's a roll of the dice, right? Sometimes you go to Dunkin' Donuts and it tastes like burnt crap. But sometimes it tastes great. It's like, honestly, this is my, my take with Dunkin' Donuts, and it might be an unpopular one. If the coffee is okay, like decent, it's a win. <laughs> it's either going to be decent or awful. As someone from New England, it's your due diligence to figure out which... Dunkin' Donuts makes your coffee right, and which one doesn't? It's just—it's <laughs> a part of that a contract. Sign once you you sign a deed to live here. I think I just I just lucked out where I live because all the ones around me are awful, awful, <laughs> awful, awful. I'm manual. I'm not fortunate like you to have Tim Hortons all around me, man. 
it's consistent. Tim Hortons is, I've been in Dubai and had a Tim Hortons in Dubai and it literally tasted the exact same. That ain't right, man. Consistent. Tim Hortons donuts are fantastic too. Yeah, they are. They're they're very good. Yeah. Really quick, because I had this conversation with my wife yesterday. What is your favorite (laughs) donut type? Because my favorite donut is either Boston cream or the, uh, the lemon meringue filled one with the white powdery stuff on the outside. No, 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 no. Apple fritters. You have oh. not had an apple fritter. Apple fritters are the best donuts you could ever buy, period. You guys have not experienced apple fritters. That is the best. Anybody Canadian will know the Tim Hortons apple fritter. There's no such thing, I guess, in the U.S. Apple fritters are the best donut. Period. Gracie, what are your favorite donuts? Uh, blueberry glazed. I love that blue, oh. light, light blueberry. Have you guys ever had the birthday cake mixed ones? No. Have you guys- they're very good. They're very, very, there's, a, we got to get a sponsorship. There's this little donut place in Connecticut. That's like starting to really flourish. We got to get, I'll figure out Emmanuel. We'll do one for them because yeah, they're sure. sure. Get the name. We'll send it out to them. So I'll give you guys the option. Do you want to continue going through NL MLB divisions or do you want to save some time and do some of the uh, MLB contract stuff? No, let's let's go into NLB divisions. It's way more fun. Okay, so we'll get rid of the contract stuff because we're, we're we are we are dragging a little bit. So we'll get back to baseball, and we'll get right into the NL East. Uh, according to the Vegas sports betting book, very close division between the Atlanta Braves and New York Mets. They're very they're pretty much separated by a couple bucks. So it's like a, almost a pick them between the Braves and the Mets. If you had to pick between the two. I mean, I personally would think the clear favorite would be the Braves, but I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Mikey. No, no, no. You can go, guys. Uh, I have the Braves as my favorite. Um, I like the addition of Morton on, on that pitching staff. Um, I love that pitching staff. I think that their lineup's great. They got a lot of young guys. Um, you know, they got Freddie Freeman kind of leading the reign there with a lot of experience. The Mets are kind of, in my opinion, the team that's just starting. I will see how that works out if they can extend some guys there. Um, if they do make those extensions, I think they're a kind of team that's just starting. I think they'll make a good push against the Braves, but I don't think they come up on top. I think that they're just too young of a team. They're not gelled together enough yet. I think the Braves are that are that kind of more of that polished team version that's going to be coming up on top. This is the hardest division in baseball. It's literally a pick of the coin. Like every team's solid. Um, they did a great job. Like the nationals are another team that people are sleeping on. If they're healthy, their rotation is very, very strong. One of the top 10 in baseball. Um, I'm just, I, there's nothing I want to add. I, the Braves are the, the class of the division right now. It's just that simple. I do want to add that I do have, and this is funny because you say it's the toughest division. I agree. I have the Braves, Mets, Nats, and Phillies all falling within 10 games. I have the Nats, Mets, and Braves kind of all collectively being up at the top. But I do have the Mets and the Braves two games ahead of the Nats. Um, but it is the toughest division. I think that you have those four teams that are kind of going to fall within that 10-game range. I don't think it's by any means going to be a blowout. And then you have the Marlins. I mean, hey, they made a run last year with all the COVID cases. But I, I still have them finishing last. But they're still a team that you might not want to sleep on. This is why baseball is the hardest sport in the world to get into the playoffs because look how much – like the Padres are single-handedly one of the best teams in baseball. There's a, there's a chance – or even the Dodgers. Neither of them make it into the playoffs because of how stacked 
teams are, and it's all just going to come down to a 162 game season. It's, it's unreal. Yeah, that is baseball is a very hard sport to win, but also Emmanuel, this is a very hard decision for you in the tournament. Number five Reese's Pieces <laughs> or number twelve Sun Chips. Oh, Sun Chips! Yeah. Whoa! Who just yeah. eliminated Reese's Pieces? Are you kidding me? Yeah, 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 one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm not like what am I? Nineteen eighty three, whatever. Et. <laughs> follow me home, like. I'm not. No, 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 no. Sun chips are the best. I am in shock. Like I, it's your bracket, man. This is the manual region, but I would all the way preseason, pre-tournament. I had Reese's Pieces making a run to the lead eight. Like that was a good snack. You just eliminated him first round. It's unbelievable. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Trudeau, listen, listen. He didn't even like t- take time to think about it. He knew. Oh. Like he knows what he wants. <laughs> It's the Emmanuel region. I cannot fight him. Like, it's what he wants. It is what it is. Just, yeah. Good God. So, NL Central. Let's talk about the NL Central. I just, I need to move off the snack bracket after that, that blasphemy against Reese's Pieces. I got St. Louis Cardinals favored. Not anyone really close. Uh, the Reds and Brewers are actually even odds behind them for second place, which I find that to be blasphemous as well because I think the Brewers are much better than the Reds. They have Christian Yelich, who was the MVP two years ago. They have a pretty good young team. What do you guys think about the NL Central? Do you think that there is a clear second-place team, or do you think anyone could actually push the Cardinals for first in that division? I don't think it's a fully committed that the Cardinals are going to win the division. They are my pick right now. The Cubs, they lost Darvish. I'll give you that. But at the same time, they gained Peterson's a good player. Like, I don't like he's going to do a little bit better than Schwarber. If you get the 2018 Peterson, that is huge. Like you just got a steal for $7 million. Next, Zach Davies is not a bad pitcher. He did a solid job. He's always been that solid rotation piece. I think the Cubs did a good job by selling Darvish because you're selling high and getting that contract. They're not paying any of that contract. You know, it's not like the Rockies who's got like $50 million for Nolan Arenado. It's a very smart move. I I like what um, Jed is doing, which is the GM for the Cubs. But the Cubs could possibly make it. The Brewers, to me, are going to be a team that I'm going to watch closely the first couple of months because there's a lot of trade rumors of them trying to get rid of their best players and I don't understand why do they feel like they're not going to compete do they feel like they need to blow it up um Colton Wong's a good ad but Gracie uh, I don't want to take too much of the steam what do you think yeah I agree I think the interesting thing about the Cubs is it's kind of a make or break year for them in my opinion you got a lot of guys that are going to be entering free agency I think when you, you kind of get towards the trade deadline, towards the all-star break, let's see where they are with the Cardinals. And I think if they're making a run, do they go ahead and trade those guys? Or they, do they take the risk of letting them go to free agency? That's my big question, Mark, is if they, if they had more club control, more years on these guys, I think that, um, you know, I, I do agree. I think the Cubs and the Cards are going to be are gonna be a far um, closer matchup than people think. But it's going to come down to if the Cubs want to sell or not. Um, and you know, if, if they, if they're up for, if it's four game difference, I think they go through and they try to make a playoff run. They did add Jock Peterson. I love that addition. Um, 
I agree about Zach Davies. People kind of sleeping on him. He's a fantastic pitcher as well. Um, and again, the Brewers are interesting. I did want to ask you, Mikey, Yelich and um, Hater, that trade rumor to the Padres, what insanity would that be if that actually happened? I, it won't happen, I don't think, but imagine if that happened. Would that, I, would that change your mind about the AL, about the NL West? Would that change your mind? It does, the Dodgers are we'll, – we'll talk about the Dodgers in a minute, okay. but I think the Padres it's, – it's the Yankees-Red Sox, right? It's, it's basically the Yankees-Red Sox. They're trying to once again one-up each other, and both of those teams will make the playoffs. They'll meet in the playoffs, and it's going to be exciting and a big bash. Um, I just – I can't see the Brewers just letting Yelich go to another NL team at that too, and – Think about how bad that's going to look for their fan base. You know, it just doesn't seem – I see Hater. They've been trying to unload Hater and sell high on him for last year as well. So I can see, like, they're – pitching in the bullpen are a dime a dozen. Like, you can find pitchers. It's, it's been shown. If you look at closers and all of their numbers, every year there's three new top ones. There's not many players that are consistent every single year that you're like, Oh man, that's a really like look at Liam Hendricks, right? That's a great. He got DFA'd, which means he got sent back to the minor leagues, and now he's making what eighteen million a year. There, it when you have a pitcher that way, and he's in that last expensive year, do what you think, trade him, do what the Yankees did. The Yankees got rid of Chapman and Miller, and was able to speed up their process to put their team up now. It's, it's a smart move, but it's, it's just like the NL East between the Cardinals. I don't know what the hell this Reds thing is. The Reds aren't good. <laughs> I don't know why people think they, they're just not good. So I, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I wanna, I'm excited to see Arenado. No offense. Gracie likes, loves the Rockies. That's one of her teams. Um, I don't know if she's kicking them out. We'll find out soon. But, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to the Rockies in a moment because that's our last division in the NL West. And I'm actually curious to see what Gracie thinks about that trade. Um, and just to put a ball in NL Central, that might be the most intriguing division in baseball because I, I failed to mention the Cubs. Uh, I said the Reds and the Brewers are pretty much pick them. And actually the Cubs are right behind them as far as the odds to win that division. So it's anybody's game. Obviously the Cardinals have a, a slight advantage as, as far as who will win that division. Um, but that's it's really anyone's division except for the Pirates. They're doo doo. Well, no, 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 <laughs> that's what I wanted. I wanted Emmanuel to give us thirty seconds of what he thinks the Pirates are going to be. Just thirty seconds of Emmanuel. I don't know anything. About- don't worry, Emmanuel. Just listen. Do, <laughs> do you want to? Do you guys actually want to hear Emmanuel's prediction as far <laughs> as uh, who's going to win in baseball? No, no, this one I'm going to get. I know. Well, you made a preseason prediction in 2020 about who would win the MLB uh, title. Do you remember that at all or no? No. <laughs> but I'm but, sure I'm, I'm ahead of you. All right. Well, I'll, I'll play it for the audience just in case they forgot. MLB. Okay. I think the Blue Jays and White Sox make it to the end. Yeah, wrong. wrong. Okay. I think my favorite part is at the end of that statement, you realized you were, com- <clears throat> you were completely wrong and you asked, is that yeah. possible? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Emmanuel. I, I have everything cut up so we can just dunk on you all the time, but I love you, man. <sighs> all right. Where we go to next? 
Are we going to let him talk? Well, we're going to the, obviously, the most important aspect of the show, the March Snackness. And this one's for Gracie. Another 5-12 matchup. Hopefully there's no upsets this time. I don't think there would be. The five seed, Cape Cod Original Potato Chips, versus the 12 seed, Bunions. Oh, no, Cape Cod. Thank you. Not even, a, not even close. The weird thing about Funyuns is some people are real big stands about Funyuns. Some people love those things. So I didn't know if you were on the, on board with those. No, no, I like them, but they're not anything close to Cape Cod chips. So. I love Cape Cod chips. They might be one of the best potato chips in the world mm-hmm. by far. Uh, let's before we get to the NL West, let's knock out one more because it's a it's a big tournament. We have sixty four teams, aka snacks. So let's knock knock off one more. This one's for Mikey. This one go either way. Mikey, the number five seed, Lay's Salt and Vinegar Potato Chips, which is controversial because some people love salt and vinegar, some people hate salt and vinegar. So we got salt and vinegar chips versus Milky Way Bar. Oh, well, for me, I'm allergic to chocolate, so I'm going to go with salt and vinegar chips. (laughs) So by default, not killing you, salt and vinegar advances. Excellent. No upsets there. Speaking of upsets, do you think the San Diego Padres can upset the LA Dodgers and win the NL West? Gracie, your thoughts? Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, Mikey's laughing. Me and Mikey have had this discussion many times before. I, and, and I get it. Like, okay, the addition of Bauer. Here's my thing about Bauer is he played so well in the worst division in baseball in a shortened season, and we're – paying him based on that season and if you look at it I think there's only two seasons in this whole entire career that he had a sub I want to say a sub uh three ERA um I don't think he's tested enough and I think he's going into a tough division and let's not sleep on the D-backs too because they've had great record against the Dodgers the past two seasons um and then I have a question mark of David Price as well you got two guys in the rotation that are, are question marks to me um and I know a lot of guys a lot of people probably disagree with me especially on Bauer but I just don't think he's tested enough for um, I pulled up the stats for 2020, the D-backs record versus the Dodgers was eight and two, and in 2019, the D-backs uh, record versus the Dodgers was 11 and eight, and that was when the D-backs were. Um, nope, sorry, I'm looking at the other one. Okay, and then the D-backs versus the Padres in 2020, it was five and five. D-backs versus the Padres in 2019, 11-8. And that was when the Padres finished last in the division, and they can still hold up pretty good against D-backs. I think, to me, um, I think the Dodgers and the Padres are very close, but I think those matchups with the D-backs, if the D-backs can hold their own against the Dodgers again this year, I think that makes the biggest difference in the standings at the end. Um, I think that, you know, the Dodgers, time and time again, have troubles with that Diamondback team, and, and they're kind of a team that's – in this tough spot in one of the, in, I would say the toughest division with those two best teams in baseball. And that's, what's holding them back. I think you plop them in like an NL central or um, you pop, you plop them in AL West. And I think that's a different story for where they fall in the standing. So my, my pick is Padres over Dodgers by about one game difference. And again, the difference for me is the Bauer price. And as well as the Diamondbacks just having such a good record against the Dodgers and the Padres really holding the Diamondbacks back. Is it my turn now? <laughs> All right. I'm going to start off first off. So, okay. Bauer had one good season. He won the Cy Young. So, we're, who is the Padres' best pitcher? 
Who's who's the one going in? Probably Snell. You'd say Snell. Okay, yeah, who's there? I think I think yeah, and I get that. You got Snell and Darvish, and and you know, Gillespie, and they're they're kind of in the same boat. Where where would they be? But I okay. still think they have over Bauer and Price. So this is my huge point. With if you're gonna say that about Bauer, then we're gonna talk about you, Darvish, because you, Darvish, okay. has not had a good season till this one season. His ERA full out last year before the 2019 season, right, was 3.98. The year before that with the Cubs, 4.95, okay? I know ERA, what are we talking about? It's usually FIP, whatever. It's not good. He only made eight starts in 2018, and he made 31 starts with the Cubs gold glovers all around him. He's not as – I don't understand why people think that Darvish is going to come in and kill it. Like, you better hope that's a big if. Now, the next part with that scares me about the Padres is a lot of their players had career years that haven't been playing well prior to that season, which is Eric Hosmer. I really like um, – who's that guy that they got from the Rays, Gracie? Uh, Cronenworth? What is his name? Yeah, Cronenworth. Cronenworth. Yeah. He's awesome. I really like that kid. Yeah. That ball. He's great. Manny Machado, always going to be solid. Don't, not really happy about his locker room presence. Fernando Tatis, it's crazy. The guy hasn't played a full season. We'll see what happens. His dad, hopefully it's not like his father. His father, same exact thing. Killed it and then suck, what, didn't suck. He wasn't very good. So hopefully it's better there. And then Tommy Pham's another solid pick. I like Trent Grisham. Will Myers – you don't know what you're going to get with Will Myers, right? He's, uh, so you're going to struggle there. Hopefully he is going to be better. But when it comes to pitching staff, David Price is not a lock to be in the Dodgers pitching staff. They can do what the Red Sox did, throw him in the bullpen, great bullpen piece. He's a luxury, in my opinion. When you have Dustin May, Tony Goslin, and then most coveted one of the top 100 in Josiah Gray, who's fantastic. I hate when people start saying, oh, well, the Padres, they're going to do this. The rivalry is great. The Padres haven't done shit. They're not that good. No, none of that's Mikey, who are you talking to, like 90-year-old people? Because that <laughs> accent was like a straight granny. I can't tell you how many podcasts I listen to with, oh, my goodness, the Padres are amazing. ESPN all of a sudden falls in love with them. They haven't done anything. The Dodgers have won the, a the NL West nine years in a row. It's not a rivalry till you do something. The Diamondbacks are more of a rivalry. If you have been following the Dodgers, this is a common theme. First, it was the Rockies. Oh, man, the Rockies are going to take out the Dodgers. <laughs> then it was the Diamondbacks. Watch out for the Diamondbacks. Oh, they got Madison Bumgarner. Now, they're just looking for someone to give these guys. The Dodgers are the number one team in baseball. They have the depth. And most importantly, thank you, Red Sox. We have Mookie Betts. He is outstanding. <laughs> Why would you ever let that guy go? He taught Austin no Barnes how to hit this year. Did you watch Austin Barnes? Austin Barnes was terrible to watch. He looked like Will Myers a couple of years ago. And then Mookie Betts comes, and now he's teaching people. He, he, that guy should be getting paid even more money. It's unbelievable. I've drinking the, the Kool-Aid of Mookie Betts. He's fantastic. I do agree with Gracie. The Diamondbacks, though, they just had, like, everything going for them last year. Every single – it's like a movie that you're hoping that will turn around and it doesn't. They just 
automatically go. It's like a hotel Cecil. Like, like you want it to be better, but it's not going to be better. Like everything went wrong for them, and that's where you're going to struggle. But Dodgers buy three games. And you really okay. love the Dodgers. Like you really are all about that Dodger life, Mikey. I, I just think that, like, the Padres right now are the most legitimate team so far, in my opinion, to be going up against the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, again, I, in the end, I don't think that the um, Padres make it past the Dodgers in playoffs. I think they're still too young, and the Dodgers have so much experience with the playoffs. Um, but I, I think that they sweep away with, again, I say one game difference. I say one game, Padres ahead. I think it's the most legitimate threat against the Dodgers in years. Um, so agree to disagree. Um, I know there are pieces on both sides of the rotation that are questionable. Um, I mean, let's not forget also my boy Lamette over there on, on the Padres, pretty solid pitcher. Let's not forget. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> so time will maybe, tell. Or maybe it's blind hope that I just don't want the Dodgers to continue to be that team that can, and probably a bias is I'm just so still distraught about Mookie Betts leaving the Red Sox forever and. Maybe that's why I blindly – again, I, I still think they're a legitimate shot. And, and, again, maybe it's blind faith that I just don't want the Dodgers to continue to be that powerhouse team. I want more of a rivalry between the Padres and Dodgers. And would you would you agree that, it's, that the Padres are the most legitimate team to be facing the Dodgers in years? Oh, absolutely. They, they spent a lot to do it. And it's, just, it's going to be fun. It's 19 playoff games, right? We get to watch yeah. nine playoff games and it's going to be fantastic. And they, they don't like each other. That's the best part. They're not going and saying, oh, hey, Manny, let's go out to dinner after this. They don't like each other. That's what we want to say. So, guys, uh, every other week we have to do this miserable thing called the Big Baller Bucket. And guess what? Unfortunately, it's this week again. But before we get to the Big Baller Bucket and I explain what it is, one more tournament matchup in the March Snackness from the Steve Division. I'll be, make it really quick. Don't laugh over there, Mikey. We got to get through them, okay? It's fun. I'm laughing because I like it. All right, good. Uh, I'll be quick. I have, I'm going to pick an upset in my bracket. I have Snickers, number five seed, versus the number 12 seeds, Teddy Grams. This might be controversial, but I love Teddy Grams. That is my shit. I will eat Teddy Grams all day, every day. Snickers, overrated as a snack. Get out of here. The number 12 seed, upset alert. Moving on, Teddy Grams to the next round. Trudeau, what Teddy Graham now? Original, the honey. Ooh. You can Here's make it. Dunkaroos with that. You can get the, you know. Don't even, you that. I made a huge mistake and did not put Dunkaroos in this tournament. And I regret that right now because Dunkaroos is a top 20 snack of all time. Delicious. Wait, can I ask you, Mikey? Well, never mind. Mikey, you're a bad judgment on this because you're allergic to chocolate. I was going to ask you chocolate or vanilla frosting? Gracie. Chocolate, vanilla frosting? For Dunkaroos? Dunkaroos. Okay. Mm, vanilla, vanilla. Vanilla. Manuel, do you have a do you have a, a opinion on this? Uh, chocolate. All right. Yes. Gotta be different. I like it. So moving on, we have this beautiful big baller bucket, which is definitely not a Nike box. Definitely not a Nike box. Um, we played this game, Grace. You're new to the program as far as the big baller bucket. We've all been through this. We're veterans. Like we have PTSD up the wahoo from this thing. Basically, we designed this bucket because we wanted to have a little bit of fun during the basketball season, right? So we wanted to spice up our life. We wanted to pick a team every other week to follow and root for to switch up the interest. So in this bucket, 
which is also a box. There are probably about 45 ping pong balls. Uh, 30 of them have a team name. So it might say Boston Celtics. You're in Florida. So it might say Orlando Magic or it might say uh, Miami Heat, right? So whatever ball you get, it's going to be your team for the next two weeks. And all you need to do is have that team not have a losing record. So if they finish with a three and three record, which is 500, you're golden. If they finish with a winning record, you're golden. If you finish with a losing record, like two and five, sucks for you. All right, Mikey, did you want to add something to that? Well, I want to be polite to our guests, plus I really like Gracie. So Gracie, I will give you the equivalent of the basketball team to a baseball team for okay. you. Yeah, I don't uh, Gracie, I also, I also have the records of each team to provide to you so you can make an educated guess on if you want to keep the team or not. So let's say you take a team and they lose. They have a losing record. That's a loss for you. You have to serve a punishment on the show. If you are a listener of the podcast, you will have known that I have the worst record. I always lose. So I've been paying punishments every week. I had to drink a raw egg once. I had to sing a song once. Mikey had to shave his face once. There are some less aggressive ones on there. We wanted to make pick the hard ones first and make it like exciting. Uh, also, if you're listening to the podcast, listen, whatever Emmanuel gets, please bet that for the week. Hit it hard because Emmanuel. No. Okay, guys that are listening, we are not, <laughs> we have nothing to do with financial. This is only for entertainment. Oh, you bet you cannot sue the show. Trudeau just was saying that for fun. I, I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna bet my own money, and not fun, on whoever Manuel picks because this guy knows very little about sports, and he gets every team he picks. He's I amazing. I know stats. He knows stats. Just to put it, Gracie, just to put it out for you, just like to let you understand what happened with Emmanuel, he picked the Knicks. The Knicks are bad. All of a sudden, as soon as he picks the Knicks, they're amazing. He picks the Heat. The Heat were bad. As soon as he picks the Knicks, they're amazing. So Emmanuel is the lucky charm. There we go. All right. All it takes is one time, Emmanuel. Does does that make sense, Gracie, how this works? Yeah, I got it. I I definitely need the baseball equivalent, see, because I know nothing about that. Mike will get you with that. Uh, So just a recap of uh, the last time we drew. I had the San Antonio Spurs. As soon as I picked them from the bucket, they all got COVID. (laughs) I I shit you not. The very next game, they all had COVID. (laughs) So I actually – they won. they won, yeah. So I'm the anti-Emmanuel. Whenever, whatever I pick just goes completely down the tubes. So I picked the Spurs. They went one and one over the past two weeks. So they played two games in two weeks. They all had COVID. So I'm okay. Mikey, he picked the Mavs. Also a little bit of bad luck. They had a little weather down there in Texas. So they only played a few games, but they went three and one. So Mikey is safe. Emmanuel, the heat before Emmanuel picked them were god-awful. They won five straight. They're five and two right now. As soon as he picked them, they were amazing. Our good friend, Seamus McNamara. Uh, also, if you're listening to the podcast, check out the My Wheelhouse Basketball Podcast. He joined us from his podcast. He picked the Pistons. Well, he didn't pick them. He got stuck with the Pistons. They went two and five. So whenever he comes back, which he will come back, he's going to have to serve a punishment. So, well, he, also, he, he seemed very confident in them as well when he ended up picking them. He was like, All right, I'll ride with that. They're going to do well this week. He liked that over the Knicks. I don't know why, but he just is a Nick hater. So – uh, as tradition, Gracie, you are the guest, so you get to have your choice. Do you want to pick first out of all of us or last? I'll pick first. Every week, the guest picks first. I love it. All right. Without further introduction, the big baller buckets. 
undefeated, never lost. All right, so I will be rummaging in here. Oh, the Not terrible. I just rolled with them last week. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs. So Gracie equivalent would be like the Cleveland Spiders or Indians or whatever they're calling themselves. Pretty solid. Um, you know, they're a playoff team right now. So, yeah. And you don't need them to have a winning record. They just have to finish 500. So I, I would keep them if I were you. I'll keep them. Yeah, that, they will probably finish 500. That's a good choice. All right, uh, let's go with the manual next. Manual... You have not lost, and I am desperately hoping you lose this week. I know, I know my yeah, great. They're in good shape, too, because they're playing crappy teams. They only play Brooklyn, and that's like New York, OKC, Dallas, Orlando. So, yeah, I like that pick. <laughs> All right, so, Emmanuel, I am not looking. I just want you to know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I swear to God, this is going to be the first time we pull automatic loss. I'm calling it. You deserve no, it. No, no, no. He's going to argue if it is. You know that, Steve. Yeah, I know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I should get like the Lakers or something. Nah, he's gonna get Philly. Not bad. It's the Atlanta Hawks. Um, if you want the record right now, I can give it to you. They're, they are a playoff team. Um, the Atlanta Hawks are currently sitting at 14 and 19, which would be a losing uh, draw for you, but they're not a bad team. Uh, I'm gonna put it back. Oh, the first time he's put it back. I'm gonna put it back. Manual. That is the famous last words. I'm going to put it back. I, know, I, know, I have a feeling that this one, I have a feeling. All right. I'm putting it back. I mean, Wait, I'll tell you why you put it back. Take it because up. Toronto, they were playing Toronto this week. <laughs> That's right. Emmanuel, that was a bad pick because they were playing Cleveland, Sacramento, Orlando, and Miami twice. Yeah, right. I, I have not looked. I have a ball in my hand. I picked one randomly. Okay. I swear to God, I'm not fucking with you. Atlanta. <laughs> But to be fair, Manuel, we did make a rule last time that you yeah, yeah. that I wasn't supposed to put it back in the box, so you can draw one more time. One more, okay. When we were with Luca, we made that rule yeah, about yeah, the yeah. Chicago Bulls. Yeah, yeah. So I will, I'll put that. Look, it's on the side. I won't pick it again. That's my that's my fault. It's the Hennessy. It's it's you it's not me. It's the Hennessy. Peanut butter in your hands, and it's stuck to it. <laughs> All right. So your new team would be. I I swear to God, I did not do this on purpose. Oh! No, no, no. It's automatic loss. No. no. That is the first time this season we've pulled this. And just to just to get the, the numbers on this, Emmanuel, because you're a numbers guy, there's one yeah. automatic loss out yes. of 45 balls. So yeah, it's like a 2% chance you would pull that. <laughs> there we go. I mean, at some point, your luck was going to have to run out. I know. I'm sorry, buddy. You seem disappointed. No, I'm okay. Well, all of us have won so far. We're all losers here, except for Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, Mikey. To... This is okay. your first poll. Okay. The Cleveland Cavaliers. No chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> that chance was a quick decision. Yeah, they're awful. They're 13 to 21. You don't want that. All right, your second and final is. All right, so we've never pulled this one before. The ball reads triple double, and all you got to do, Mikey, let me explain it. You have to pick any player in the NBA to have a triple double over the next two weeks. Now, I would give you some advice. 
Luka yeah. Doncic, very good at getting triple doubles. He gets a lot of rebounds and assists. Also, Russell Westbrook, I think he, out of his past 10 games, he's had five triple doubles. So also not a bad choice to get a triple double. So you can pick who, any player you want in the NBA. All you got to do is get one triple double over the next two weeks. Do you have any idea who you'd like to pick? LeBron James. Not a bad pick. Although, watch him go on the load management now and not play a bunch of games. So, you don't have a team this week. You have LeBron James. I wish okay. you luck. All right, finally for me. I only have to – he's only going to do one, right? Just one. You got to get one. It's a tough it's – a, it's a difficult feat, though. And so, in case you're not sure – because Gracie's looking like, what the hell does that mean? You got to get three stat categories and double figure. So, maybe like t- 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. So okay. it's, it's, it's challenging because, I mean, guys who get assists don't usually get rebounds, vice versa. They're going to uh, need them. They're playing Golden State and Phoenix and Sacramento and all that stuff. So. We'll see. All right, so this is the last one. This is my pick. Bad. Whatever I pick, just don't bet again. Bet with that team. Did you get an automatic loss? I got automatic loss. <laughs> Oh, head to head. You can't have two people losing. We go head to head. We pick. Yes, no, no. We pick. We no, pick. I can get automatic oh. loss as well. No. Oh, no. Oh, man. I can't believe it. We've never had an automatic loss. And then the same week, twice in a row. Oh, my God. I hate this bucket, by the way, so much. <laughs> you created it. You're a baby. I guarantee you. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Moving on to something a little more fun and uplifting. Emmanuel. Yes, I have. I have it. I have a question for you. Yeah. Lay's Sour Cream, the number four seed in our tournament. Okay. Versus the number 13 seed at Tostitos Original. No, it's the Lay's Sour Cream. It's very addictive. Really? You're a sour cream fan? I'm not, but for whatever reason, it's very addictive. Anybody who has them, you can't stop all right. I'm a big fan of like tortilla chip, but I respect that. I respect that. So last, last sports topic for the day. I, I feel I'm just depressed now after this stupid box. I'm going to burn it after the show. Um, the last sports topic of the day, we want to talk about the hall of fame because uh, I, I believe it was like a month and a half ago, um, maybe two months. When was the hall of fame vote? Do you guys know? I think it was a month. Okay. So it wasn't too long ago, but they had the, uh, the 2021 MLB Hall of Fame class get, got announced, and actually the class was zero. Nobody made it into the Hall of Fame this year. This is actually the first time since 1960 that there were no new members of the Hall of Fame, so it's very rare. And uh, the reason be- behind that was a lot of these steroid-era guys are starting to pop up on the Hall of Fame ballot, and there's a lot of sports writers who are <clears> – <throat> they don't want them to make it to the Hall of Fame. And the reason why I want to bring this up now, even though this is old news, is because me and Mikey had a conversation uh, off the show about the Hall of Fame class and how we feel, you know, about steroid guys. And I want to bring this up on the show because it's an interesting conversation to have. So I'll just give you my, 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 my standpoint on the whole issue is I think some of these steroid guys should be allowed in the Hall of Fame, particularly uh, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, they both finished with 61% of the vote. Uh, and just to clarify for the audience, you need 75% to enter the Hall of Fame. They're, these two guys are undoubtedly uh, 
some of the top players of their times. I mean, Barry Bonds is one of the greatest players of all time, regardless of if he was on steroids or not, which he probably was. Roger Clemens, same thing. He was taking PEDs, but he's probably one of the best pitchers of all time. Uh, for me, it's just like, why are you going to shoot yourself in the foot, MLB Hall of Fame? They're, they're some of the best to ever do it. Let them in the Hall of Fame. We should just, it should be a celebration of baseball, not, you know, a uh, ticky-tack club of like who we like and who we want to let in. So Mikey, you have a very different opinion than me about the Hall of Fame and who should be allowed in and how they should allow people in. Now, one thing, so I was at um, the Baseball Hall of Fame um, the week before the announcement. Um, I do not agree that they should just not let any, like they, they need to allow one player in, right. Instead of this nonsense of nobody gets in. I think that's pretty ridiculous. Um, I don't believe in allowing the steroid guys in just because you cheated. You said that you cheated, you knowingly cheated. Um, I'm glad when the Astros get a chance to into the hall. all of them aren't getting it except for Alvarez I like Alvarez <laughs> um but long story short it's the most prestigious hall of fame it's very hard to get into but the committee really has to start using their brain a little bit because a lot of those businesses strive and Cooperstown isn't going to be around much longer if they keep on not allowing players in also the celebration is unbelievable there the hotel they stay at if you go to the actual hotel on the lake they have cups with each players um their number and it's every single player that's ever made the hall of fame and the players there's another hotel that the players sign walls it's so fantastic they need to like it's just a tradition that needs to happen also that's what that town runs on they need that those profits I know you're looking at me like, well, it's a baseball question and stuff like that. What's up, Trudeau? <laughs> yeah, my question was, what do you think about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens? And you're talking about how great the town is. Let's get down to the brass tacks. Do you think that those guys belong in the Hall of Fame? Don't dance around the question. I believe that if you cheated, you're not getting in, and you shouldn't get in. Now, I want, I'm going to let Grace to get in in one second, but I want to give you some facts. Facts, which means they are not... <laughs> Opinions, they are facts, okay? In 1991, Major League Baseball's commissioner said that steroids are against the rules, but you never put any formal rules into place, okay? There was never any legal documentation saying that steroids were not acceptable. Steroids were only tested for starting in 2004, all right? 2004 is when they actually started testing for steroids. So before 2004, there was no way of punishing players there was no way of enforcing rules and there was barely any rules on hand do you know why 2004 is a significant time mikey why because that's when they had the congressional hearing and they put mark mcguire and barry bonds and all those other guys on the stands the fact of the matter is baseball did not give two bleeps about steroids until the united states government put them on trial all right so I think it's complete BS that we're going to look back on Barry Bonds and all those guys retroactively and apply morality that did not exist in their time. Now, just for clarification, this happened in 2004. Barry Bonds played from 1986 to 2007. That means all but three years of his entire major league career, steroids was, I don't want to say acceptable, but it was a slap on the wrist by MLB. 
they didn't care. They didn't give two blanks, right? Until they actually had the fire put under their butt. So what I find objectionable is that we're going to apply morality that did not exist back when he played upon him now, right? It's just absurd. Now, granted, and don't even get me started about back in the day, because back in the 80s and 70s, those guys were taking amphetamines like it was their job. They were cheating up the wazoo. and might not have been anabolic steroids, but they were taking all sorts of stuff to make themselves better. No one talks about that. No one wants to get Babe Ruth out of the Hall of Fame, right? But it's only these guys that we put on trial. My, my biggest objection is that holding guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens out of the Hall of Fame is it's only happening because sports writers want to put themselves on a pedestal and say, I stand for morality. When in fact, that morality did not exist back in the day of those guys. And that is my point. Okay. Well, let's hear Gracie's opinion and then we'll circle back. Go ahead, Gracie. Yeah. So um, I do agree. I think Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens should be in the hall of fame. And I know I'm kind of backtracking from the last time I was on. Cause I, you know, I think there's a difference in my mind between records set during that time and do they qualify as Hall of Fame players? Back in the steroid era, you know, there's not a good count how many guys were using steroids, but a good, a good vast amount were. And if you look at, um, look at how they were performing, they were still outperforming the guys around them that were using steroids. I think if you look at Clemens specifically, he's going up against guys that are also on steroids. And he's still holding it down, getting wins, getting um, strikeouts, doing his thing. And then one thing I did want to bring up is, I mean, take it with a grain of salt, but according to Barry Bonds, according to court documents, the earliest he started using steroids was 1998. Of course, take away a grain of salt for what it is. We don't know the actual truth. Prior to 1998, he, had, he was a seven-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove, and three-time MVP. So mm-hmm. if you take that into perspective, he Hall is still a fantastic player. Do I, do I agree with his home run record of 73? I do not. I think that's directly impacted. No guys even come close to that in the steroid era. But I still think these guys belong in the Hall of Fame. And like Steven said, you cannot retroactively look at these guys and say, you did wrong when it wasn't even in place at the time. And you spoke about David Sampson, former team president of the Marlins, and he spoke on his podcast about what the feeling about steroids was back in the day. It was like people would walk through the clubhouse, management, uh, GMs, and they would see these guys doing things. And you know what they would do? They would turn their heads. Everyone knew about it. It wasn't like it was some sort of secret, right? It only became an issue once Congress started probing players and once it became a, a national issue. What do you guys say about that, Mikey? Okay, so I know Emmanuel was like pressing us to stop. We're not doing a damn commercial today. Baseball is more important. All right, <laughs> next is really, sim- really simple. When you stay... Steroids are illegal. You're not allowed to use them in the game. And then you go and take them after they say it, right? Do you guys got that? Then you're breaking the rules. The mission statement. No, 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 no. Let me talk. Let me talk. No, I'm ready. I'm ready on deck, though. (laughs) All right. The next part is baseball's mission statement when getting into Hall of Fame is integrity, integrity, integrity. You are cheating. It doesn't matter. I don't care what happened before. I have no proof. Trudeau, I can say that you've done this or do that. I don't know. I'm not going to accuse you. I know that these two guys cheated, right? And was uh, hey. Gracie, you know this better than me. Wait, Gracie, you know this better than me. Does, um, did Ortiz also get in trouble for steroids or not? 
It's gray area. So I don't know. Like, I, I honestly, because I don't know. Because someone, like, if David Ortiz gets in, then that's, that's baloney because everybody likes him off the field. But if he's a cheater and you just don't like Barry Bonds because of the way he held himself, then I 100%. David, David Ortiz never was never tested positive, but he was implicated in several investigations. So there's a very big difference. So there's a gray area. And just to, just to, just to get back to the point of the cheating, they're cheaters. They shouldn't be allowed in. Oh, they're cheaters. Define cheating because now, right now in 2020, taking amphetamines before a game would be defined as cheating. But yet you have plenty of players pre-1980, before amphetamines were banned, taking amphetamines to get up for games. So technically by today's standards, they are cheaters and they should be expunged from the Hall of Fame. But we only want to focus on this quote-unquote steroid error and, and tackle those guys. And last thing really quick, Gracie, you spoke before about Barry Bonds' career prior to his alleged steroids. Can you repeat those stats again? Yeah, let me pull it up real quick for you. All right, so the earliest that he has, um, again, supposedly used steroids is 1998. Prior to 1998, he was a seven-time All-Star, an eight-time Golden Glove winner, and three-time MVP. So just that half of his career by itself, Hall of Famer. Just the same thing. You look at NFL, Tom Brady has what, like they say, two or three Hall of Fame careers in his one career. You can take Barry Bonds' career, split it in half, Still a Hall of Famer. Okay, first off, don't ever bring the NFL with the MLB when it comes to Hall of Fames because Booby Miles can make the NFL Hall of Fame just by his story and being in a movie, okay? The MLB is about integrity. If they tell you this is the rule, if they change the rules, there's rules that are going to be changed. If you do it after the rule is changed, you shouldn't be let in. It's that simple. Now, my big thing is Kurt Schilling needs to be it. That's a whole different ballgame. I don't care – Kurt Schilling, and I'm not a Red Sox fan. I despise the Red Sox, not as much as I despise the Astros. Um, players like that need to be in. That's, that's baloney. That's, is it a perfect process? Absolutely not. They need to fix a lot of this, right? But players need to be getting into the Hall of Fame like Kurt Schilling, like Jorge Posada. I'm hoping Mark yeah. Teixeira gets here. Like, those are the players that I want in. I mean, said, oh, sorry, Steve. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I felt very passionate about the Kurt Schilling thing because <laughs> while, while he is a complete piece of shit, and I will say that on the podcast, I was a Red Sox fan. I loved him when he was playing. But him as a person, regardless of what you believe, he's a complete piece of shit. But regardless if you think he's a piece of shit, he probably belongs in the Hall of Fame because he is on the field performance. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, even though I don't like him as a person. He deserves, by his merits playing baseball, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and I will, I will agree with you on that. If you look at his stats, the guy has never – listen how crazy this is – has never lost a game seven. How, and it, it was like six or seven games he's, he started, and he's never lost a game seven. He's a legend. That's, I'm going to be telling my kids, and Steve, you, you're going to tell yours, and Gracie, and Emmanuel, like – this guy's playing with a bloody sock after a surgery, being down 3-0 and coming back to beat the Yankees. Like, that is – if you told me that story and I never watched baseball, I'd be like, there's no, there's no chance, right? It's absolutely unbelievable. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Wow. <laughs> now, 
Are you, Mike, are you under the impression that nobody takes steroids now, that it's all clean game, the MLB's clean to, to a T? Listen, just like little kids believe in Santa Claus, I'm just going to stay with yeah. it and be like, I, I want to believe the best. I think there's only one team that uses steroids, and that's the Houston Astros. Of course, of course you do. I, I mean, like, I think at, at every level of the game, I think at every time of the game, there's always a team and there's always players that are trying to get a competitive edge. And I think we just hear about it after. You know, you hear about the Astro cheating scandal. You hear about uh, even not the Astros, even other teams using the video replay room to relay signs and so forth. There's always a part in baseball where you try to get a competitive edge. And it's always after the fact, okay, now this is wrong. Now this is wrong. Um, but, I mean, I, I think that that kind of clause of cheating – we'll see for the rest of Major League Baseball's time of different, even if it's not steroids, even if it's uh, sign stealing or whatever it may be, you'll see it. I do have a question for Mikey though. Do you think the steroid use or what the Astros did is worse? Which one do you compare as worse? Uh, that's a really amazing question. Um, I would have to go with the Astros. Like the Astros to me is like, you have a whole team I've read the Astro Ball book, and I was so excited for them. I was like, this is unbelievable. The way they're thinking, I want to, like, get my money back and sue the Astros just for wasting my time reading that book because they had so many people duped about how good they were and all of those kids. Like, that's another thing. I get steroids and all that stuff, but, like, you are – if they came out and did what Dusty Baker did, Dusty Baker wasn't even a part of it, and he's apologizing, and it's genuine – and Altuve comes out with like a paper and he's like, I regret my apology <laughs> or I regret whatever, what I did. And that's it. And he walks off the podium and Jim Crane, the other clown that runs organizations like, oh, well, you know, I'm a billionaire. I don't really care about this stuff. I'm just here. It's like a guy who's at a country club that doesn't golf, right? He just doesn't care. So long story short, Astros 110%. Mikey, I totally agree with you. And I think the most important question about this whole Hall of Fame debate is, who do you think is better, the number four seed Starburst Candy or the number 13 seed Fruit by the Foot? Relentless. I am going because the only Starburst Candy worth eating is the pink ones. I am going with Fruit by the Foot. <laughs> oh, my God, you're upset. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad you listened to us today. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. Remember, if you liked this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review. We really appreciate that. We'll do this thing once a week, so we'll talk to you next Monday. Have a good week. Peace out.